Hey guys, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk. I'm Rosh Kalia. Hope you're all doing well. I know it's been some time once again. Uh, I believe it's either June 6th, June 7th. <laughs> um, hope you've all been doing well. Staying up to your usual things and obviously appreciate the people who still tune in and check out my content you know it's tough to uh, do these things uh, sometimes you know overall it's like you do it for a long stretch of time and then like sometimes things change get out of hand and then you're back to square one so kind of stuff that I'm dealing with right now, uh, but nonetheless, I am back and want to get into several different topics um, around the sporting world, so I'll try to touch on the NBA, the NFL, um, and some other things that I've been noticing and give you my, my thoughts and my opinion on all of these uh things that we've seen go on. Uh, so where I want to start today's episode off with is just talking about some of the recent uh, news that's been going around the NFL. Uh, just look at it. Uh, Deshaun Watson is someone who continues to uh, face a lot of scrutiny and attention for the things that has happened off the field. And believe it or not, one of the most confusing and perplexing teams probably heading into the 2022-2023 NFL season will be the Cleveland Browns. You know, there's a strong case to be made that the Cleveland Browns are one of those teams that could either be a highly competitive team among other AFC teams next year, or they could be right in the middle of the pack as they kind of were this past football season. You know, the Baker Mayfield drama still looms over the franchise. You know, their unwillingness to pay him or take the contract that they opted into continues to be a, a huge thing that the Browns have to figure out. And they obviously brought in Amari Cooper uh, try to revamp that offensive group a little bit, you know, keeping Njoku, the tight end, was probably a huge, a huge, uh, huge point for them, you know, and uh, it's good that they were able to make this decision now, just think about it, like, we're able to get some key players back offensively, um, but the Browns have a lot of new variables kind of going on a little bit in, in the sense that you know, Watson has been there doing what he's supposed to be doing, but the off the field stuff means he could probably end up missing most of the season or a majority of it. So, real question now is what kind of develops the Cleveland Browns? Are they a team good enough to win without Deshaun Watson? And if you're not going to have Baker Mayfield there, or if he's not going to show up and, and, and play or participate, uh, then 
can you win games with that running game, with that defense? You know, it's something to think about if you're the Cleveland Browns. Now, I'm saying that the Cleveland Browns are one of those perplexing teams. Obviously, a few other teams may fall into that category. Uh, the one that really sticks out right now is is that one. You know, so they've got a lot to figure out. Now, another team that I would say is going to be an interesting team and one that kind of falls along the same lines is the Arizona Cardinals. Now, the reason why I say the Cardinals are one of those teams that are a little bit perplexing, confusing heading into this season is because, you know, you have Kyler Murray, who obviously wants a new contract and is going to get paid. Obviously, there's been a whole lot of talk about him at OTAs, and he ended up just showing up. Uh, but the Cardinals are one of those teams that you just wonder, you know, are they going to be able to put it all together? Because we've seen the Cardinals the last two seasons or so start really fast, and things just abruptly change. And so Cliff Kingsbury and Kyle Murray are kind of on the same boat in a sense, although the Cardinals are going to have a big decision on their hands soon because the NFL is all about bottom line results. And if your team wins games and they win playoff games and get to the championship game and Super Bowl, it's a success. If you don't, you know, it's obviously deemed a failure and there's a lot of change that comes with it. Now, Kingsbury obviously has helped the Cardinals become a winning team. He's proven enough to the point where he can he can coach and he can win games. The real problem with Kingsbury, although the last few seasons, has been able to adapt and finish strong. And so there has to be something for the Cardinals to change this year. Now they obviously re-signed, you know, I think Ertz, if I remember correctly, and they brought in Hollywood Brown, who used to play with Kyler Murray. So they've given Kyler Murray same amount of kind of firepower on offense. Obviously, Christian Kirk was someone who was there as well, but then he departed in previously to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, look at it from that standpoint. The Cardinals, their offense is obviously loaded. You know, they they have a really good system in place, and that's the thing that they have a system. You know, they are trying to stay with that system to see if it produces results. It just hasn't transpired as the, in the way they expected. So it's a big year for the Cardinals because look at their division. Obviously, the Rams are still just as strong and fortified. You know, um, they you have the you have the 49ers who have maybe a few questions that will pop up this season with their quarterback situation. Alright, the Seattle Seahawks are completely moving in a different direction. Unless they make some kind of trade late in the offseason, let's say to get a Baker Mayfield. Um, but all signs kind of point to the NFC West as being really the Rams and the 49ers, maybe the Cardinals at a third. And so... Can they, you know, outperform expectations when they finish strong and be be really good in that aspect? You know, so uh, there's that going on. I mean, 
you know, then obviously you look across the board, the Baltimore Ravens are a team that is also going to be an interesting team to watch. They're a little bit of a team that we know is solid throughout the years. They have a whole lot going on in terms of just changing in terms of personnel and the Ravens always are able to draft well, develop well. And the biggest question with the Ravens, which is why they are a team, is also very perplexing and interesting, to say the least, is because of Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson has led the Baltimore Ravens to the playoffs, I think, the three of the last four seasons. Obviously, he spent last year on the second half of the season out due to injury. And the Ravens have obviously tried to fortify their their team on defense. The defense has always been a strength of the Ravens and in free agency with the addition of you know of Williams and a few other players, their defense is just top notch. And that's the reason why they're always gonna be a team uh, in contention. You look at JK Dobbins running back, he was making his return back to to the team. So Ravens have a strong running game that they're hoping to build upon. You know, they got a defense that's ready to compete and win now. You got Jim Har- sorry, John Harbaugh, one of the most experienced coaches, who's been there throughout the entire process. And the real question with the Ravens is Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson has set records, no doubt, throughout his first few seasons as a quarterback and He's progressed every single season. Um, but the elevation for Lamar Jackson is yet to come. And it's yet to come in terms of those big moments, in terms of those playoff games that you have to pass the football to win. And he has been able to do that well at times. But the postseason is where you really make it count. And so he's someone who's looking for a new contract as well. Like not having an agent to negotiate a contract for himself. And so he's also kind of playing it long as well, where like there's no doubt that he wants to play, he wants to be out there. But the contract situation is also very tricky. And the Ravens obviously need to see if they're all in or all out on Lamar Jackson. Now, obviously, they geared their offense for Lamar Jackson the past two, three seasons, so they should be all, all in, locked on him, making him, them, making him the future franchise quarterback for the Ravens. But Lamar Jackson also has to do something to prove that, you know, if he wants that top dollar money, obviously he's going to have to be able to do even more than he did. And the biggest thing for him is being available. Being available. uh, Easier said than done, but he should continue to be working on his mechanics and his game a lot more. That's the only way he's going to be able to earn that right or have that ability to uh, be paid like a Josh Allen or a Mahomes or on that type of level. And so it's a big year for Lamar Jackson as well. You know, he's along the same kind of boat as Kyler Murray. Both quarterbacks have so much to prove. Obviously, Lamar has done a little bit more than Kyler Murray up at this point in his career. So it's time to see what these guys can do, you know. Obviously, quarterbacks are judged on their results, their performances, and 
Kyler Murray had a tough end to the season. He's got to walk in and try to really work on his himself, work on his passing abilities. And for Lamar Jackson, it's just more about him being able to now take this Baltimore Ravens team to the Super Bowl. Obviously, we've seen him win games when his team has struggled. We've seen Lamar Jackson carry this Ravens team. Um, but now you look at this personnel that they have. Outside of Mark Andrews, what do you have in the passing game? You got a couple of unproven free agents, or sorry, unproven wide receivers who drafted. Rashad Bateman is a, is a key player to really watch for the Ravens this season. Is that number one overall pick last year? Spent some time on injury reserve, came back, showed some flashes of being the number one wide receiver. Can they expect a big jump from him? And that's something to watch out for, you know, going forward to like the season is seeing these uh, these uh, players or seeing these wide receivers make that jump. Now, speaking of quarterbacks, there's obviously been a lot of talk about Lawrence and Wilson and Fields and Mac Jones. And obviously, a lot of teams are going to sing their praises of, a lot of their teammates are going to sing praises of each of the quarterbacks. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of results come early. If you look at the offseason for all of these quarterbacks, you know, you expect even better numbers and even better results. Um, and so it's going to be hard to say who has the edge right now because obviously we haven't seen any type of work yet. But I would say that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are in a better position this year to produce and have more numbers. And I think for Mac Jones and Justin Fields, you look at their personnel, the Patriots obviously have a system with Bill Belichick. So Mac Jones obviously had a really decent year. Uh, can he keep it up? It remains to be seen because anytime you have a coordinator change, then things are a little bit dicey. So, and then Justin Fields, I mean, what has he been given really if you look at it, what has he been, really been given around him? Um, there are some nice pieces around him, but are they going to be able to find a way to make it work? You know, so Justin Field, I think, is going to be in a position where he has to do a lot more for the Chicago Bears to to win games. And that defense is starting to obviously lose a little bit abilities as well. So, who knows? I mean, new head coach, they're mad at Ruffles. I mean, the Bears might still be a stout group defensively. Uh, but a lot of quarterback questions for some teams that are trying to improve from last year to this year. And, you know, there's still, like I said, there's still names to be watched for. And it could be on the move, possibly, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, who probably is you know, completed his rehab and healed from that shoulder. So we might see a Jimmy Garoppolo trade probably this summer. Um, but you just look at it overall. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of things going on. The schedule release obviously came out a long time ago. I didn't get to really talk about that. Um, honestly, the games and everything are great as usual. I think there might be... A lot more games this year on the holidays, which is a good thing. Um, 
gonna be fun to see how these things develop. I mean, I think the opening game is a great one with Buffalo at LA. I think that's really great of a game to see. Obviously, the Super Bowl rematch from a season or two ago with the Bucks and the Chiefs. But that should be a special one. Obviously, Bills and Chiefs is going to be there on the docket as well. You know, they'll have the Rams and the Chargers. Square for one another. Um, it's not like with the NFL schedule. Um, you know, apparently how things go. Definitely will try to rerun the team-by-team preview and my outlook for your season so I get to it. Um, but uh, it's going to be fun to see how that how that develops. And uh, looking, looking forward to see how the uh, rest of the NFL season does go because we're going we're gonna to see a lot of things transpire and a lot of things that already are happening. So it's going to be fun to get into all of those things as we go along. So now I want to switch over and talk about the NBA to an extent. Um, the NBA Finals obviously have already begun. Uh, Boston, Golden State are tied at one apiece in the series. You know, uh, obviously this is a new matchup that is exciting in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we've already seen, uh, you know, Boston have an incredible comeback in game one to win that one late. And Golden State obviously blitzed Celtics in game two in that third quarter and beyond. And so both teams obviously have got a little bit chippy here and there with obviously Draymond Green doing the Draymond Green antics that he's always done. And so the series shifts to Boston, I think, Wednesday. Uh, hopefully this series is a great one. We've seen some really remarkable things from both teams. As I've mentioned before, um, so it's going to be fun to see how this shakes out. And like the Boston, it's just this is the first time in a long time they've had an NBA Finals game at TD Garden. So it's going to be electric in there, and we're going to see if Jason Tatum and David Brown respond to what happened in Game Two. Now, look at the NBA and some of the things that kind of have been happening. Uh, let's start with the Lakers and their hire of Darman Ham as their next head coach of the franchise. A lot of the Lakers uh, took their while, their time to find their coach, and they went through a lot, of, a lot of options. And they decided to close it pretty quickly, and they settled on Darvin Ham. Now, Darvin Ham is someone who's played in the NBA for almost, I think, seven, eight seasons, also internationally as well. Uh, he was part of the Lakers. Uh, I think between 2011 and 2013 when Kobe Bryant and Phil Jackson and others were there. And so the Lakers have gotten a coach that definitely is, you know, unique in his own way. Um, Obviously, he speaks pretty well about a lot of different things, and they're hoping that he can make it work. You know, he's someone who might be able to gel a lot better, you know. Um, He could be a similar, like a Ty Lue. Early on when LeBron was there in Cleveland. Um, but he's a coach that definitely can speak well, has a lot of confidence. Um, obviously, his main goal is really to make this chemistry of Westbrook and LeBron and AD work. Now, it remains to be seen if Westbrook will be part of this team next next season. Um, 
but you just look at it. Lakers obviously just wanted someone who could really come in there, uh, work with these stars, and obviously his coaching abilities are really good. I think he's someone who obviously is also part of the Milwaukee Bucks, um, you know, staff too. We've seen the kind of success that coaches have had coming from that branch and. He's someone who's definitely going to hold everyone accountable. going to really bring maybe a fire and passion to a lot of the young guys on that team. And the Lakers just really are in a position right now where they either are all in on winning it right now and reshaping this roster or rebuilding a little bit. And it's tricky with LeBron James obviously being there and how they can do, but the Lakers need shooters. They need depth. And so their path to making that roster fit was really going to either come through some trades or trying to acquire some assets. And so we don't know yet how things will develop. You know, Westbrook and Anthony Davis are two names that will continue to come up in a lot of conversations. And we're going to see now if, if it ends up being like that case. So, you know, will one of those guys get moved for assets, you know? Um, but LeBron James obviously being there, spoke highly about Darmanham. He's a really good coach uh, from the looks of everything that has been said about him. Obviously, this will be his first real opportunity as a coach. So there's going to be expected to be a lot of interesting changes. But, you know, he's someone who obviously will have a, maybe a much better way of connecting with players than Frank Vogel did. And that's the thing that I just have to hopefully build on to is that He'll try to change things up a little bit, hold guys accountable, be calling players out. I think he'll hold everybody more accountable. I think Frank Vogel was someone who didn't really hold everyone accountable as much, and his decision was to bench players. And I think Darvin Ham is going to try to really challenge and be intense with these these guys, and hopefully that will result in a better overall product for Lakers basketball uh, for that NBA, you know, NBA season. Now, one of the surprising things that took place recently was Quinn Snyder, head coach of the Utah Jazz, uh, stepping down and resigning after eight seasons or so with the Utah Jazz. And definitely something that no one really saw coming, and which is why that a lot of people felt like, man, Lake Chef waited to have hired Quinn Snyder as their head coach. So Quinn Snyder obviously been there in Utah and He's helped this Utah team really win games and get to the postseason. But the postseason uh, has been rough for the Utah Jazz. You know, they've been eliminated, I think, the last four of the five seasons, either in the first round or they want to make the second round, obviously. The Jazz haven't been able to break through. You know, you have Mitchell and Gobert and Conley and Clarkson. And this group just has not been able to put it together it was a postseason success and so Mitchell was someone who obviously signed a contract extension a few years ago because of Quinn Snyder being there and now Snyder obviously seeing this team seeing the direction that this team is going in there's a lot of things that obviously are not shown behind the scenes and I feel like the tension between Mitchell Gobert, the front office, has been really apparent. Rudy Gobert is an exceptional defensive player. While offensively, he continues to be limited in what he can do. 
you know. Um, we just have not seen a whole lot of success from uh, the Jazz as a group, as a tandem. And so Mitchell is an exceptional player who obviously hits a lot of three-point shots. And the Jazz have been hitting a lot of three-point shots over the last few years. But this team, when it comes to matchups and in posting, they just can't translate that as well. And definitely after a number of seasons, that same voice you know, doesn't start to connect with players. It's the same case with every coach. It happens a lot. It's more of a, you know, sometimes you need you need a change in leadership, change in voice. And I think that for Quinn Snyder, perhaps he wasn't connecting as well with other players around Dami Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. But, you know, but there's been a lot of uneasiness with the, with the Jazz. You know, they haven't had... There always been some rumors going on every time, every season, throughout the times. And so this really puts an interesting light on Mitchell's future, I would say. His future um, in, in Utah. Um, because we know Utah is not that kind of market. Whether it's just this is not one of those markets that can attract a whole lot of players to come there. And so the real question is now, are they going to break up? This group, you know, uh, they're gonna find a way to reshape the roster around Donovan Mitchell, or are they gonna try to trade Rudy Gobert? The Jazz need something different. The NBA, we've seen the results of these teams this postseason. I mean, something is needed to be changed for Utah. Now, maybe the coach can bring about a change, possibly, um, but they're a roster that's just not good enough to win an NBA championship right now, and. They don't obviously want to continue to have seasons like this where Mitchell is unhappy and they're not having a whole lot of success. Something has to change because Mitchell is a talented player, so is Gobert, and this roster has to improve. So the Jazz are in a tough spot because they got to find a new coach now. And the opportunity, you know, what is that they're out there, you know, remains to be seen what kind of style they'll have, and so. The Jazz are in for a lot of changes that might, you know, affect what Mitchell wants to do going forward. And he obviously was not happy and disappointed about this decision. And so, obviously, Utah obviously talked about Danny Ainge wanting to keep him. But I think for Quinn Snyder, obviously, he knows a lot more than we can see. And for him to step down and resign just means that there's a lot lot of things going on in Utah and this Jazz team that are just not working. And so, um, I think that they have a very important search that they'll have to get it right, get it even more right. Uh, but definitely look at the Portland Trailblazers, look at Utah Jazz. I mean, they have, both teams have, you know, players that are their franchise players. Uh, obviously with Damian Lillard and uh, Diamond Mitchell and you know there's going to be a lot of talk about those players um, as things go along and so you know which star is likely to really move on and have a new opportunity it could be both at some point you know obviously Damian Lillard is trying to stay the course and be there um, 
But I feel like Mitchell and Lillard are both are in situations where they both have a lot to think about this offseason. And once NBA pregnancy does begin, based on these teams' activity or lack of activity, they will go a long way in determining their futures. You know, Bradley Beal is also in the same boat as well. Bradley Beal obviously wants to be on a winning team. He wants to express his loyalty to Washington. But Bradley Beal is an exceptional player. There's a lot of teams that want his, want his, you know, abilities on their team. And so there may be a lot of movement this offseason of these teams, of these, of these star players. Um, it will remain to be seen because the balances are changing a lot. The Western Conference is getting more and more uh, competitive with the, with the Golden State has been able to recruit and build their players up. And that's been going on. Um, Phoenix Suns, obviously. The East, obviously, is starting to get a little more interesting as well. And we'll see now. There's a whole lot of things that are known to expect next season. With the Brooklyn and Kyrie Irving, right? And then you have the Raptors, right? And you have the Philadelphia 76 with James Harden. So, so our intrigue and uncertainty. That's what makes the NBA season and the offseason really interesting. So... Hopefully we have a great NBA Finals that you know has a good you know good story and a rightful winner, and then there'll be a lot of things shifted to free agency, and it's going to be hopefully a wild one. A lot more things to talk about and analyze heading into the next season. So you know should be fun to tackle that as it develops and goes on um, into the season and after the NBA Finals.